to Mysteries and Beliefs Podcast, the show where we discuss a multitude of mind-boggling topics like the paranormal, conspiracies, extraterrestrials, brain-scrambling scientists, and anything mysterious. If you have a story to tell and you'd like to be a part of the conversation, send your thoughts to John Carter at mysteriesandbeliefspodcast.com. See you on the other side. Hello and welcome back for episode number 43 of Mysteries and Beliefs podcast with John Carter. Today's subject, UFOs. Is NASA telling us the truth? Maybe. Well, I hope they are. Recently in current news, there have been a, quite a few of UFO sightings reported all over the world. Yeah. Much. And now that the age of the Internet, as we were talking about off mic, it's the gap is closing. Yeah, it's because of social media. I mean, it things spread quickly. I think recently there was a Russian pilot that reported that he had seen something. I'm not sure if he was an astronaut or he was just a pilot. I believe he was an astronaut. If I'm remembering the story that you're thinking of, I think he was an astronaut. I'm pretty sure. Are you sure? I'm I'm not 100% sure. The show today is not about that UFO sightings. We're talking about NASA. But these pilots, when they see things, they usually try not to report them. Right. In fear of they may lose their job. Right. Well, I, I think they report them, but they I think they use discretion, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Discretion. They call the tower and ask the tower if there's any other airplanes in their airspace a lot of times. Right. And the return from the towers are usually, no, there's nothing flying near you. Right. So what are those objects? Right. So we can claim them to be unidentified flying objects. Yeah. Because we don't know what they are. We don't necessarily know what they are. And I think, too, they're in a space where am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? And how do I report back? True. As accurate. And not to say in my debriefing, are they going to put me? Are yeah. they going to ground me because of what I saw? If but I'm also talking about aliens or something. Right. Yeah. And also, too, you might think, don't people get kind of sick up there because of there's lack of oxygen? I don't know. There could be other yeah. variables happening there that could make you question what you're exactly seeing. Yeah, that's absolutely true. In NASA, the sightings go back as far as 1963. Since and, we since its inception, pretty much. Yeah. And the yeah. space race began, I think, in the 1950s with Kennedy. Yeah. John Glenn, the pilot of Mercury 6 orbital spacecraft, his mission was February 20th, 1962. Okay. Well, he was in a one man ship and right. he claimed that there was a bunch of bright lights surrounding his spacecraft. Right. He mentioned that they looked like fireflies. Yeah, I remember that story. Mm -hmm. And they debunked it. Yeah, they said they were just ice particles. Right. And that's what, during the research... And but that's again, what, that's what they say. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> While I was looking up these things and researching some of the more popular sightings from astronauts, that a lot of the NASA uh, people said that they're just ice particles. Right. On June 3rd, 1965, was the Gemini 4 mission. 
on the Gemini 4 mission, that was the first American that did a spacewalk. Okay. Ed White. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Man, that just brought to my mind you stepping out of your craft into space. I mean, I can't. On another planet? No, not not another planet. No, you're not even in a star. You're just in in orbit. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're just like floating in space. That is hard to imagine. And to be the first to do that. Oh, you know what I was thinking of? The moon. Sorry. I didn't include the moon on this because we can talk about that on another topic. Sure. We're talking about some of the more popular sightings from NASA going back in the 60s. And most of these are all in the 1960s. But with Edward White, his partner, James Divot, there were two of them that did this mission. The craft actually circled around the Earth 66 times. Right. And the second day of the mission, McDivitt said he saw something outside. He called NASA and NASA said the closest thing to them was about 1,200 miles away. Okay. Okay. But there was a discrepancy in between what NASA had said and what he had seen. Right. They speculated that it may be a spy satellite or something that he saw out of the window, but they researched that. And there was no spy satellite. Oh, interesting. So they later claimed that what he had seen out of the window was probably a part of the spacecraft. What? Yeah. So they took pictures. I of wonder that. why they would say that it was part of this. I mean, because they have no other answer. They have no other answer for it. They took pictures of it. And when they landed, it took about four days for them to develop the picture. So when he got the pictures back. It wasn't. It wasn't the same thing. It wasn't the same thing. It was of something, course it something different. And they just chalked it up and said, oh, it's just a part of the spacecraft. And that's it. And the end. That's it. And then the film actually went missing. It went missing. I do remember that. Yeah. The negatives just disappeared. Yeah. Are they telling the truth about that or no? Not? No. Because he shouldn't have had their ass in the space anyway. No, I'm kidding. That's great. Hey, how are you going to win a space race when you don't even go to space? I was kidding, guys. It was funny. I was trying to be funny. I'm funny. Another sighting on a Gemini 7 mission, December 4th, 1965, the crew of Frank Borman and James Lavelle. Two hours into their mission, they noticed something out of the window. Fireflies? No, he explained it or described it as a bogey at 10 o'clock. And that was oh wow Lavelle. Okay. So he reported it to NASA and NASA just said the same thing. It was probably one of the boosters that you're seeing. Oh, I'd imagine that they would know what they're seeing. It's, I mean. That's a comment that someone had made is that these are fighter pilots and pilots. They people know. that are well-trained. Right. And they should be able to see and understand what they see. I'd imagine they'd be able to discern, especially if it was a bogey. I mean, seriously. But at the same time that he saw the bogey, the booster was actually in view. Wow. Okay. Did he take pictures? This one, there's no pictures of this. He just reported on what he had seen. Got it. So how can two things be seen at once and be the exact same thing? Yeah. Same scenario. Yeah, it's the same scenario. And NASA. However, do you think it was the other team trying to shut us down? No, not shut us down, but the spy satellites and different things that 
other countries coming into the space. NASA claimed it's just space debris that they saw. Okay. At that time, what type of debris would it have been? Other countries have gone up into space and they leave stuff. There are satellites. Sure. And some of the boosters and things that. At that time, though, it would have been. Yeah, it would be because it's not as much as now. Right. But back then, this was the beginning of the space race. So they had things that they brought to space that they could not bring down or did not come down. Right, right, right. So there could just be a few things just left over up there. Got it. Not compared to what it is now, but it could have been quite a few things up there. Likely story, they tell. And and they, they tell a lot. They tell a lot of these stories. I think they just don't want the American public, especially back then. Sure. Well, not even for fear. But also, they probably honestly thought that they were, or we are, the only thing in the universe. People do still think that, that we're the only thing in this universe. Right. And if there are extraterrestrials and their species have been out in the universe for millions of years. Right. Maybe at some point they could have developed some type of warp drive. Yeah. So they could bend space to get from one part of a universe to another. Right. Just because we can't see it. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Doesn't mean it does not exist. Exactly. I think that for fear and also we're a little bit too vain. Absolutely. We're the only life form. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I don't think we're the only things that's out there or the only thing that ever existed. Because we're pretty young as far as the age of the universe yep. and other planets. We are babies. Mm-hmm. The old administration, they were supposed to report on what was out there. And too bad that didn't happen because I would have loved to have known. Yeah. It was about to be uncovered. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's the same thing they said about Kennedy. What? There was a conspiracy around that, that the, one of the reasons that added to the assassination of President Kennedy was because he was going to release the information about aliens. Oh, yeah. That's a little known or unknown fact to those who out there that follow the Kennedy conspiracy. Okay, the next sighting from NASA, September 12, 1962. That was the Gemini 11 mission. That was the 17th man mission to space. The crew of that mission was Charles Conrad and Richard Gordon. You're looking out of these windows. Right. You're not doing anything else. Do you know what I mean? You're sitting in a spacecraft and you're looking out of the window and they saw something that they could not explain either. Yeah. They took pictures of it. Again, the same scenario. Yeah, same scenario. They took pictures of it. They thought the same thing, that it may have been a Russian satellite that was out there. The ground crew said it was actually um, a Russian satellite that was... 3,000 miles away. Okay. But again, in further investigation. There's always a but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In further investigation, there was no satellite near them. Again, something 3,000 miles away would be hard to find or hard they're to just see. They're disregarding what these people are saying. Or they're holding it under their hat and maybe secretly trying to assemble a team to say, seriously, maybe somebody needs to look at this. Yeah. And with that, they wouldn't be able to see an object 3000 miles away that small. Yeah. If it's a satellite, 
Yeah. This is still to this day unknown what the object that they saw was. Because they can't. They couldn't identify it. And the pictures. Well, the pictures are missing. Those are missing Well, no, the well, pictures no. aren't missing, but. They just, just haven't released them. They Yeah, they haven't released them. And a lot of times the pictures are just lights and you can't really see. To the untrained eye, we wouldn't know. Yeah, you can't really see any structures in the lights. Right. There's not much, especially back then, the quality of the pictures weren't as good yeah. as they are now. They used to use Hasselblad cameras, which are the best film cameras that they have out there. Right. But the shutter speeds and things like that aren't as good as they are today, right. even though the quality of the film is much better than we could get today. Right. I remember using that word before. Which one? I can't say it. Hassel, Hasselblad. Hasselblad. Yeah. Those are really, really nice cameras. Yeah, I remember you. Really expensive about that. too and very, very nice cameras. You want one? Yeah, if you got twenty five grand. Babe, anything for you. Well, the body of the camera is not as expensive as the back if you're using a digital camera. Right. Even the film cameras, if you get a really nice brand new Hasselblad, I don't know if they're making film ones, it could still run you back about $7,000 and depends on what back that it has on because those cameras you can change out, which would be considered the film compartment of the camera. You can take that out, put like different size films that can go through the Hasselblad camera. And the same thing with the digital cameras, you can pull out the back and put different resolutions or sensor sizes on the camera. So the larger the sensor, the the better you can, or the more detailed you can capture. Do you think that they had that capability? Oh, they had large format film. Oh, I see. Like I said, the film detail is really good, but the shutter speed and the, is not as good as we get, we can get now. And I see. Also, the light sensitivity and it all depends on the situation of you know how they took the film. But most of the time, the pictures come out a little shiny blob. Yeah. And the next one. Kind of like the Bigfoot. It's always yeah, always blurry. Always blurry. <laughs> the next one is probably one of the most popular ones because these are two of the most famous astronauts in America. The Apollo 11 mission, June 16, 1962. The crew of that mission was Neil Armstrong, Michael Collins, and Edwin Aldrin. Right. As we all know as Buzz Aldrin. Yep. When they set off on their mission, they saw a flash of light. They couldn't explain what that light was. This one wasn't captured by any film. Right. So they called to Mission Control and Mission Control could not identify anything in their airspace or space around them. So that went unidentified also. Do you think now it might have been one of the storms that... That has been happening on the other planets? No, because they're looking down at the Earth. Oh, that's where they saw it. Yeah, so most of these, maybe I should explain that, because most of these pictures are taken towards the Earth. Oh, So if you were in space yourself, you would be like in awe over looking down at the world. Right. So most of those pictures were taken from that aspect of it, just like the other ones. It was unexplainable. And some of the 
people that work for NASA were like, oh, it's just ice particles. So <laughs> every time something happens, they see any light, it's because the way they flip, the way they spin, it's like, oh my God, they're just ice particles. And the, the size of them and the shape of them, the, well, they spin, they'll make it, the way they spin, make them look like they twinkle and, you know, right. stuff like that. So they always chalk it up to the exact same thing. That's why they created the men in black. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking, but I'm serious at the same time. At some point, you're going to have to listen to what these yeah. people are saying. And then remember, we're listening to some recordings, some live recordings from some of these astronauts. Yeah. And even pilots. Yeah. That they released. You can't disregard everybody. No, you can't disregard everything. They did actually develop a commission. In 1968, U.S. Air Force commissioned a full investigation on these sightings from the astronauts. Okay. The name of the commission was called the Condon Report. Condon. In the Condon Report, there were several discrepancies. Okay. But they found that all the evidence was insufficient, so they didn't want to spend any more money, and they just closed the research down. I didn't read that. What is thought to be by skeptics is that they did this to discourage the public perception. Okay. If we don't find anything. They weren't ready for that frenzy. Yeah. If we didn't find anything, then it didn't happen. Right. Well, we have seen what happens when people are in the group think. Yeah. Just in general recently. So it's probably a good idea that they kept it. (laughs) Yeah. People would have, because you couldn't make any rhyme or reason of it back then. No, because look at some of the doctors and physicists back. I don't know if they were called physicists. Back in the day, but when they talked about some of these equations and things in space, that they actually killed these people because witchcraft. You remember us talking about that before? Refresh my memory. When um, I can't think of a story right now, but when some of the people talk about other things. Like, say, for instance, if Einstein was back in the 1400s right. and he talked about his theory of relativity oh, they and would they would have, think he's crazy. They would have definitely thought he was crazy. So that's when they burn people at the stake. Yeah. I mean, they used to rip people's tongues out for talking like that because they think it's blasphemous and is sacrilegious. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, they're going off their beliefs. Off their beliefs. Kind of like people that were natural herbalists and they uh, herbal healers with their herbs and they got killed for witchcraft. Yeah. Everything is witchcraft. Everything. Anything we don't understand is always magic. Sure. Until it's proven. The next sighting that I want to talk about is the Space Lab 3 sighting. This was September 19th, 1973. And it was a 59 day mission. And this mission, what they did was They wanted to study long-term effects on the human body during space travel. Okay. On September 20th, pilot Jack Lusma spotted a red flashing object across the sky. Oh, snap. They recorded the event out of the window. And this is also looking towards the Earth. This is also looking towards the Earth. Okay. This red light in 10 seconds got brighter and closer to them. No, thanks. It followed them for about 20 minutes. They analyzed the film. Okay. And said there was no aberrations in the film from the camera. Okay. The red object they claimed again to be a satellite. 
Oh my gosh. But on further analysis of the object based on the film, that the object would have been too big to be a satellite and there's no red satellites out there. Interesting. That was the aliens saying, oh, look, look, look. (laughs) Yeah. Look what they just did. So now how could you say that that's ice particles? There's no way to say that. Where would the red color come from? Their imagination. Yeah. They probably said, do you guys weren't receiving enough oxygen? You probably got, what is that? What they said Holly Berry had when she came back from space in that show. They said that she, it was some sort of hysteria that they said she had. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of the word right now. But that's just from from lack of oxygen to your sure. brain just kind of screws you up a right. little bit. And or if you were out there too long. Yeah. Well, out there too long or the lack of oxygen. So they say that you go, you could be under some type of psychosis or not be under. I don't know the term, but because you're out there In for space so too long. long. Yeah. By yourself, too. But these guys weren't by themselves. No, not just by yourself. Just in general. We've seen the movies. Yeah, but no, sure but they have. have they have said that there it's a possibility to suffer from something to that effect. So I'm sure that's what they chalked yeah. it up to be. We've had a lot of astronauts in space that don't claim psychosis. That's true. Right now is 2021. And that was back in the 60s and 70s. And can you imagine you're doing everything that you're supposed to do to get fit for this? The evaluations you go through, psych, all of that. To prepare for that, only to have something that you are in sound mind, you see, and then come back in this disregard. And to the person that that created these tests to make sure these people are fit, I'd imagine it'd be a little bit of an ego blow. You sent these people to space and they're reporting. Yeah, spaceships. Yeah, <laughs> or something unidentified. The UFOs. But that is, that is part of their directive. They have to say. They do, and these... Guys, when they talk about this stuff, especially back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, they automatically ground you. So these guys don't want to report what they've seen. I wouldn't. Yeah, if you you lose your job. Yeah, so if you don't want to lose your job, don't say anything. I would, if I wanted to keep my job and I wanted to continue to go to space, probably would. Yes, just shut up. Yeah. (laughs) And then tell, i tell all afterwards. I, I, what I would do is I would report that I saw something and maybe debunked it myself. You can do it just like they do it. They just call and report and ask if there's anything in the vicinity. And then if there's not, you go, okay, maybe it's some ice or something else. But during their debriefing, they're going to ask, what do you think that you saw? I'd imagine that that would be part of your debrief. It was just some space debris. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, because they're going to ground you. Yeah, if you said you're, you've seen some flying saucer, of course. They're uh, and then they're not going to want you to talk either. You can't say anything. Yeah, contractually, you can't. Yeah, you, you cannot say. So that was in 19... 19- it's like a gang. You, you get jumped in and the only way that you exit is to get jumped out. Okay. <laughs> That, I need for you to understand my humor and get it. Come on. That was in 1973. We're going to fast forward okay. a little bit. I was to, born by then. We were born by then, but this is closer to our era. September 12th, 1991. Space shuttle mission ST-48. We had a son. 
89. Yeah. <laughs> you had to think about it. <laughs> yeah. June 2nd, 1989. <laughs> Go ahead. During that mission. And this is what everybody saw on TV, because I think they actually put this on the news. During that mission, September 19th, 1991, one of the cameras on the outside of the shuttle picked up an object flying across the horizon of the Earth. And then moments later, there was something that just shot up in the air past the object. As soon as you see that thing flash by, the object just changed directions and went back the other way. Again, NASA claimed it was an ice particle. And they said maybe it was a booster that turned on. And when it turned on, it just made the ice particle go back the other direction. Oh, gosh. Physicist Jack Kastner, based on his analysis of the film, that there's no way that an ice particle can change directions in that manner in space. Dr. Kastner analyzed thousands of videos for NASA, so I'm pretty sure he knows what he's talking about. And he also worked on Ronald Reagan's Star Wars project in the 1980s. So he speculates it could have been like a particle beam that shot at that object. To me, if you're shooting at somebody, they're going to try to get out the way. And I don't think an ice particle would move like that. When I was looking at some of the things about this, the gentleman that was talking about it worked in NASA Command Center in the 70s. He said the same thing. It's just ice particles and just illusions of what you see and how things appear in space. Okay. Do you believe that? No. I've seen the footage and I'm going to link the footage to this on the show notes, but there is no way possible that the thing was moving from us. Just like if you see an airplane for us, the airplane looks like it's going slow, yeah. but it's actually going 300 some odd miles an hour. Okay. This thing was a far distance away from the spacecraft. Right. So it looked exactly the same way that we would see an airplane going. But the other object was 10 times faster mm. than the object mm -hmm. that was going horizontal across the screen. Okay. And the vertical flash that came up just whizzed right past it. Wow. Okay. So again, they were speculating maybe that Star Wars project that Ronald Reagan wanted developed was developed. Maybe. To this day, we won't know. In our lifetime, we will know. Maybe at some point in our life, we'll know. As some of the information comes out about UFOs yeah. and space, they might because they're disseminating information slowly, but has been increasing over the past few years yeah. of sightings of UFOs. We can't say aliens, but unidentified objects. I think that they're holding off stuff to... Not to cause mass hysteria. I think we're ready for it, though. I think we're... Yeah, I mean, people wouldn't believe it anyway. They don't believe anything. Yeah. There's people that still don't believe yeah. in climate change, though. So. Yeah. How could you prove it? Even if you put it in their face, there are people that wouldn't believe it still. Yeah, that's true. And that's okay. That's their prerogative. The next one that I want to mention is something that you talked I got a fun fact. What? <laughs> I want to tell you before I forget. Did you know that when they were building the spaceships, they, that sounds funny when I say spaceships, but y'all know what I'm saying. They had to haul the equipment 
on roads back then that were still not paved and they were only made for wagons. So they would have to do, they were made for horses, like two horses side by side. So that's how they created the roads, right? And that's how they made the space shuttles because of transporting issues. They had to make it fit on the road. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to reach its destination. And go ahead. No, continue. Well, that, that was pretty much it. That You said and. Yeah, but the other is obvious that you had to be a certain size. To be inside of those To modules. be inside because of how they made it and how it was designed. Yeah. Essentially, it was designed because of the road. I mean, you know. The next story that I'm going to talk about. Wait, did you like my story? Yeah. Okay. The next story I'm going to talk about mentions exactly that, what you just said. Oh, okay. And with those roads and things, these places were like in Florida and remote places. Right. And of course, they did not build roads back then. And I've seen pictures of them carrying these things on these trucks or trailers to these locations to set these off. Because look at Huntsville, Alabama. There's uh, NASA down there. You go down to Stennis Air Force Base down in Mississippi. So those places, of course, didn't have roads and they didn't build roads for those. It had to be two horse widths. Yeah, I've seen those before. I've seen pictures of it. Imagine that. On to the next story. So this is a story that you actually brought to me about Gordon Cooper. He was on the Mercury 9 mission. Okay. You mentioned that a moment ago about the size of the capsule. This was one of the last one-man capsules into space. You had to be under 5'11", and I don't remember the weight. Probably the same amount as a jockey on a horse. No, 5'11 is tall. 5'11 is Mike Tyson. Okay. So that's an inch under me. Okay. Average man height, pretty much. Thought 5'7 was average man. Gordon Cooper's mission in space, he was instructed to observe the effects of zero gravity on the body in space. Okay. But the real mission objective was classified. He was instructed to take a lot of photos back towards the Earth. So the time that he was in space, he took over 5,000 pictures. Wow. The reason why they sent him up to do that, it was during the Cold War. He was a uh, spy, a spy, but out of this world photographer. (laughs) You don't get it. (laughs) You're a hater. During the time Cooper was in space, we were in full swing of the Cold War with the Soviet Union. So his real mission was up there to take pictures to try to locate some of the bases that the Russians had. Cooper's camera had the ability to register magnetic aberrations on the Earth. Okay. So that way he could seek out nuclear bases. When he took the pictures, he would map He would put on a map the aberrations that he saw during the time that he was taking these pictures. He noticed another anomaly that was in the camera that weren't in these locations. Okay, yes. These abnormalities were in the Caribbean. Do you remember the story? I do. I think, didn't he chalk it up to something else himself? Well, Cooper ruled this out that they were nuclear bases because they were found in the Caribbean. He mapped these bizarre findings on a separate map. So 40 years after 
he decided to investigate these unusual markings that he put on the map. There were about 150 locations that he plotted on this map. During that time, he was under contract with NASA, so he could not go investigate these places. So that's why it took 40 years for him to come out to start researching and investigating what he had seen on these maps. But sadly, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And as the disease progressed and before he passed away, he gave all his research papers to Daryl Miklos. And Daryl Miklos is a son of a famous treasure hunter, Roger Miklos. Which is so dope. Yeah, which is cool. Roger Miklos, he found like $100 million worth of things Mm -hmm. over his span of being a treasure hunter. Gordon Cooper and Daryl Miklos were really close friends. They met on the Merge Griffin show, and he was just in awe of meeting an astronaut. And they remained friends. They actually shared an office over the time that they were friends. Daryl wanted to investigate the locations that were on the map that Cooper left him. But of course, it costs money. The Discovery Channel offered to fund the expedition and trade to record it as a documentary for their channel. Some of the notable findings, one of Christopher Columbus's anchors. That was cool to watch to see the pull up the anchor. The one claim that I couldn't find any other research on from Daryl Miklos's expedition is he claimed he found a UFO in the waters of the Bermuda Triangle. Right. But didn't that guy go? The Yeah, he found it, but I could not find any other thing about what he found. He found it, but there's no pictures. It was documented during the documentary, but there was no evidence of the analysis on what he found under the water of the Bermuda Triangle. Travel Channel has it. Watch. Why would the travel? Wasn't the travel, or was it Discovery? It was Discovery. Discovery Channel. They're owned by the same people. Now they are. They probably wanted to fund that too. What can you imagine? If I find the evidence of the analysis on what that was, then I'll post it somewhere. But I couldn't find it. If you guys want to watch it, it's available. You're going to link that. Yeah, I'm going to link it. It's the Discovery Channel, and it's the documentary. I don't remember you can the stream name. It. I don't have the documentary name posted down here. If you look up his name, it'll come right up. And we're giving you the short of it. rather. Gordon Cooper, he wanted to talk about UFOs to NASA. And he pretty much got dissed. Yeah, he got dissed. The same way. Yeah. And he continued to work. I think he just, yeah. Until the, the disease got him to where he can't do anything. And he did this on his own. All on his own. Yeah. Until he retired. And then was stricken with the Parkinson's disease. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? Is NASA really telling us the truth? Nope. I don't think so. I think because of the time. They're lying by omission. Yeah. I think because of the time back in the 60s, people really wouldn't understand. They would be more frantic than we would today because we see so many sci-fi movies. We see... Things that people create on social media these days. So I don't think we would be affected as much if they came out and said, hey, we really have UFOs. There have really been aliens on this planet. I just saw, this is random, I just saw a, um, a video of a scientist, chemist, whatever, 
and he showed us the closest thing to an alien. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. You sent it to me. Oh, I did? What's it called? I can't remember the name of it, but it had a weird name, but it looked like a little worm underneath a microscope. Yeah. And that produces, um, I think he said like... It absorbs the sun. It, it lives by the sun, yeah. right? And then and it... It produces it like so much amount of oxygen. oxygen and we need and it. it can be found in the waterways, things like that. And it's been here for, I guess, since Earth's inception as well. It can live... 150 years without oxygen. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was definitely cool. Yeah. So that's the closest thing to an alien. Yeah. And he called it something like that, too. I can't remember the name of the... It's extraterrestrial, but not what you think or something like that. Yeah, that's what he said. So so what do you guys think out there? Is NASA telling us the truth about these UFO sightings that the astronauts have? Could all the astronauts be lying or did they make the astronauts change their story once they landed on earth you tell us what you think let us know guys if you do have a story to tell and you'd like to be a part of the conversation send your thoughts to john carter at mysteries and beliefs podcast.com we can have you on the show or we can share your story on the show until next time guys Bye. Peace.